Welcome to the Intercut Podcast, the weekly show going over the TV, movies, and entertainment that people can't cut away from. I am your co-host, Zachary Shevich, and joining me, he's reviewed the movie he was fired from on Letterboxd, Ooh. it's Arturo Zurita! Dude, I actually have an even better one today. This I got this one a couple of weeks ago, and I want to show it off today. Dude, are any of you guys a part of the Criterion? Did you get yours? No. Part of the Criterion channel? Yeah. I want to make sure y'all can Ooh. see it right there. They sent these, this like, bro. It's That's metal. That's some good quality. This stuff. is insane. Oh, Bro, you can go into any building in Chicago with this. Pretty much, you just walk into every theater. You just go like, "Excuse me, I'm a Criterion Channel member." And they'll be like, "Sorry, get, get out of here." What are you talking about? Uh, yo, they sent out these cards for the Criterion Channel. I don't know how many people, or at least how many of our viewers listen or watch it, but everybody knows that when Barnes and Noble has those crazy sales, everyone goes after them. Yo, they got this new thing uh, that they've been giving out. I think it's for all the early members. And so I got another thing for the collection, the Criterion Channel. Add it right. Ugh. There. By the end of the year, I hope to have this entire thing filled out. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, let us know if you got something for Art's Wall. We're going to tr- start trying to fill that up. Guys, you have any uh, Criterion DVDs? I have anything like that? I have one, but it's not mine. <laughs> I, it? I stole it back. Yeah, she keeps asking for it. It's a. Uh, um, uh, man, I'm blanking on what it is. One of the Coen brothers. Blood Simple. Oh, it's a beautiful oh, nice. packaging. Uh, and it's very interesting because I know some of the news that we're going to be talking about later. Right now, I know you're going to introduce Fernando, but the, the Netflix is even jumping on the Criterion game. So some interesting yeah. stuff. Things are changing. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. Uh, as alluded to, we've got the producer extraordinaire hiding his head of hair. It's Fernando. Say what up, yeah, Fernando. I'm sorry. I need to get a haircut. I've been super lazy. So I, I noticed I wear this hat like a lot on the podcast. <laughs> but yeah. My, I, right. I do not want to show hey, what's underneath here. Hey, right now. hey, you're repping the Sundance stuff, you know? Because yeah. Sundance yeah. is coming up. Dude, Come. guys, boys, Sundance is less than two months away. How? I, I don't believe I heard that they're announcing some of the films, some of the slate this week. Is that true? Yeah, Sundance begins tomorrow. Early December, the f- yeah. All right, so by the, the first time you're listening screening. to this By the time episode. you're listening to this, we'll be at Sundance. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's literally right around the corner. Um, yeah. I am so excited for it, and you're right. I know Slamdance just announced their introductions, oh, and, dude, it, it's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. It's the best time for movies. Best time. Best time. Well, in a little bit, we'll talk about Josh Trank, The Irishman, as well as awards season. But first, make sure you're subscribed to the Intercut Podcast, either the video podcast on YouTube.com slash IntercutPod or the audio podcast available on most podcatchers. Also, follow Intercut on social media, whether that's Facebook, it's Twitter or Instagram. We are at IntercutPod. That's at Intercut, P-O-D. That's short for podcast. All right, let's start the show. We started every week here with what we are watching. What you been watching, buddy? Finally did it. I caught up yes! all seven episodes. Um, now that said, I have not I have not seen it three times like you have. Probably more. Now I've only given it all a simple once once through. Uh, very good. Very rich in its lore. Again, I have to see because I'm also reading the. I, I couldn't wait. I, I'm reading the comic alongside of it. I, I couldn't wait, right. and I I started watching the show as well. Caught up on the seven, but. That sixth episode, which was the reason I said I got to start pinching it, was wild. I, did I not tell you you would enjoy that Dude, one. we were talking about earlier. So how did you pitch it to me? You were talking about, like, his memories. and it, It's kind it's of a person ingests another person's memories 
and has to remember who they are. So this is written by the man who made Lost, right? Who wrote yes. Lost. And this episode felt like all of that into one. One, it doesn't matter who the person is. It's just the emotions that the actor or actress, in this case, who... Bro, how does it feel watching just Regina King act and going like, she's good? Knowing that any emotion they want to get across is going to get across. There is no, you know, I, I love Euphoria. There's some, there's even some bits in Euphoria because it's a young cast where there's been debates on like, what, did it go this way? Did it go that? Even the actors were like, I did not think the scene interpreted that. That's not the case. in. I mean, it is the case in Watchmen, but for other reasons that people are interpreting it. Right. Regina the emotions and the emotional arc of the characters are always super wow. clear, whether that's through Lindelof's writing, which I think mm-hmm. is superb here, or they've got such a good cast, whether that's Regina King, who absolutely nails every single scene she's in, is just like transfixing, whether that's uh, Gene Smart, who is mm-hmm. so fucking cool uh, when she shows up in episode three, whether that's Hong Chao. Bro, who, you tell like, me she was that dope. whole air of mystery. That was one thing. When you finally get to the episode when she's like, oh, you think I'm just this weird... Ex-? Which she does comes off. I'm just weird and I'm eccentric and I'm buying yeah. this place. And then, I, and then it, what is it, episode seven, she goes like, are you ready to play? Right. I, I'm ready to tell you why I made this thing if you're ready to listen. And I was like, Woo! how many episodes is this supposed to be? Because you were telling Only me it's a... nine. And here's the thing that kind of breaks my heart. Apparently Lindelof hasn't committed to a second season. Good. HBO hasn't committed to a second season, but Lindelof is completely like he might be. He might be interested in handing off the show. Oh no, nah. mm. I see it as a good thing if this is it. If this it is it, be. that's it could great. Be just a miniseries, because that's the one thing, and we talked about this in the past. Uh, Alan Moore, uh, what a great novel he wrote. Nothing beats the original. Nothing. No, like I'm talking as a person who just you know when you're watching Breaking Bad. You remember Breaking Bad, and then you start watching it again. You're like, no, this really is the greatest, one of the greatest shows of all time. That's the comic book Watchmen. Um, we all know that Alan Moore specifically did not want. He he hates anyone remaking his stuff. He believes it's for the medium of comics, and that's it. I know he's not the biggest fan of the movie. I know he's not the biggest fan of like when they came back and they rebrought the uh, miniseries in comic form. But if anything, that does not mean that Zack Snyder didn't have his personal visual flair to it. Lindelof clearly was told, don't do it. Lindelof said, uh, I'm going to do it. Yeah. I'm glad he did. Uh, but I, I really hope, again, what I'm trying to make the point here is is that he keeps it as a miniseries. I am getting very sick and tired. So another one that was supposed to be a miniseries, one of our favorite ones from Amazon, Undone. Oh, yeah. Oh, right. Or, yeah, it is Undone, right? Yeah. I be- did. I don't know if they've announced any more uh, yeah dude they they've practically yeah they practically mm-hmm. hinted at the season two there and i'm just like really interesting unless they pull it again but the, the same thing here it's happened at, for hbo's done it a couple times big yeah. little lies was a mini series right there's been several mini series that that make their way to letterbox and letterboxes they're going oh. like there's a season two yeah. i don't know what yeah you know here. what you're right undone was renewed for a second season oh. mm-hmm. interesting <laughs> interesting mm-hmm. that's what i've been watching zach i've been watching something else that i just came out of you haven't seen it yet, but I know somebody nah. else has. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sure we'll get to that one just a little bit more on Watchmen before we move on. You know, Go uh, for you it. mentioned Go for that it. this is from Lost, a uh, Lost uh, writer, co-showrunner yes. Damon Lindelof, and we've talked in brief in the past about how we are both huge Lost fans. For me, I do think this is maybe the first show since Lost that has matched that show in the attention to detail in the world, in terms of lore building, in terms of uh, making you dive deeper, in terms of making you look at, like, what's that book that person's reading and what Mm. does it mean that they're reading that book? That was Uh, lost. You know, uh, 
I'm I'm really happy to be in that mindset again, uh, and I think it's very interesting the way that Lindelof has constructed this show, not really as a continuation of, of Watchmen the the story, but as something that's very much in the wake of Watchmen. It's dealing with mm-hmm. what happened because of Watchmen, both uh, in terms of its world and in terms of its like thematic impact you know I, I think it, it has a similar bent in terms of the way it wants to subvert how we look at ip and I, i'm really i'm really really impressed by how they've taken this uh what could have been a very stale idea like let's turn watchmen into a tv series and they've gone so bold in terms of uh including you know racial commentary and mm-hmm. class commentary mm-hmm. and all, all the just really interesting stuff that's been packed into this show. Uh, it, it's, to me, one of the most interesting... It may be the most interesting show of 2019. Wow. Uh, but, yeah, it, beyond that, you mentioned the idea of whether or not it'll be a continued series or a miniseries. And I think for me, for the beginning of the sh- show, when you do get that hint of that really fuller world, mm-hmm. it was kind of upsetting to me to think about the idea that it we only might get nine episodes of this but without getting into spoilers i think the way that they've built to episode seven which is where you and i are at now mm-hmm. it, it feels like it could come to Climactic, a close pretty right? soon exactly and i only say a close because you don't want to risk a i know you guys were the biggest fans of season two mm-hmm. of uh big little lies big little lies and i just don't want them don't want them risking it because right now i'll put it to you uh, the boys we, uh, we like that show as well. Amazon's The Boys. But one of our biggest criticisms was like, y'all really expect me to believe that they're wearing capes? Like, it, it still felt like they wasn't, oh, they swear and they rape, but they're still wearing like, nah. In Watchmen, they're dressed the way I expect a superhero within a real world to dress. <laughs> the boys almost had it. And then they're like, nah, we still got to put them in costumes. And it's like, no one would walk around with shoulder pads. The way right. she dresses is so cool. That Regina King has already come out and said, "Do not dress like me for Halloween." Mm. Oh god. Uh, so yeah, really interested in Watchmen. I'm sure we'll end up doing a uh, let us explain when that show ends in a couple Easy. of weeks. Definitely. But Fernando, yep, I'm excited to hear your thoughts. What have you been watching? Yep. Oh, Where'd you go today, just, Fernando? Just quickly before uh, I do want to say it's so interesting because I haven't seen Watchmen and mm-hmm. I haven't like seen any episodes. And what I'm probably going to do is wait until the second to last episode comes out. And then mm-hmm. binge everything and then watch the season finale like live with everyone else. Yeah. But the thing you said, Zach, about it might be the most interesting TV show. And that's pretty high praise for a year that's also had so many good TV shows. Like we're talking about like how this year is like incredible for movies. Movies? But this, this year, TV shows have also, and this is coming from someone like I'm saying this with confidence because I barely watch TV shows. But this year I've seen way more like series than I have in the past. Um, so Watchmen is definitely something I'm have I'm gonna have to watch. But what I've been watching, uh, just a couple short hours ago, I stepped out of the theater from experiencing Sam Mendes's 1917. Uh, lucky enough to see it pretty early because it doesn't come out till like December limited and yeah. then wide in January. Um, so hope that your like your town gets it as soon as possible because that. <laughs> It was the fastest five out of five letterbox rating I've given since Parasite. Um, and you know, it's funny because I was just thinking since the last time we recorded, I've seen Irishman, I've seen yeah. Waves, I saw Waves yesterday, and Frozen yeah. 2. 
but, but 1917 just right up to you my sure? Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. You know, De- Deacon's consultant on Frozen Two cinematography. If that helps at all, <laughs> talk about it. Because as Zach said, there is a pre 1917 yeah. and a post 1917. Yeah. I know people were saying that that tweet went around with Joker, but no. Yeah, 1917. This one easily. You, you were takes the cake. completely blown away by 1917. Like I, as as we say, we said this with Parasite too, but that is like the reason why we go watch movies, right? Like that is yeah, yeah, that yeah. is cinema, right? Um, <laughs> With the accent, yeah, it's insane. You know, it's the, the that video of Guillermo where he's like, "And I believe in cinema." In <laughs> cinema, was, yeah, that was literally me coming out of like sitting in the theater. I the, was sweating. The role? I was sweating. It's sweating. Like, it's like kind of cold in Florida right now. Um, I, even <laughs> though I live like further north in Florida, so I'm wearing this jacket. I had to take it off like halfway through the movie because I was like, "Oh, like wait." Um, no, it was one of my favorite ex- like theater experiences this year if you get now, a chance luckily we saw it in the like rpx which is like Regal's, oh you did okay yeah, so that was, that was like the thing Regal's i was going to mention form of imax definitely break down uh, a little bit of the story and yeah. then more so why people need to see it on a big screen because some people may not know the selling points of this movie yeah we're we're talking around this movie yeah. but i mean the big selling point of this movie that that a lot of people have been talking mm-hmm. about is that it either is done in one take or it's made to look like it's done in one take. Actually, it'd be. Could you answer that for me? Is it like Victoria or is it like Birdman no, style of one take? It's not Victoria, but I wouldn't even like compare it to Victoria because Victoria is such like a small scale story compared yeah, to it, this. Yeah, it, it's compared to what they do here. Is, is I also yeah. just got out of I, it. As I well. don't know if it's like physically possible to get the kind of epic war story they're trying Dude, to tell yeah. in a single take the way Victoria does. Yeah. But, Continue. But no, they, it uses go ahead, Art. It uses magic trips like Birdman, mm-hmm. but it has the claustrophobic warness of Son of Saul. Yeah. While at the same time pulling shots that this is what the argument for 1917 is going to be, and I've already seen it. The Copacabana scene in Goodfellas uses a one take for uh, the actual story. Other one takes are just to show off, and I can definitely see because this feels like the Revenant when it comes to. And now, the set piece. Mm-hmm. Yes. That said, I loved all of it. Show it off. Dude, it was fantastic. It was insane. So, okay, so basically the story um, is two corporals, um, and it takes place from the point of view of the British Army in World War I. Um, they are given a very important mission to take a letter, like, several miles the across opposite side. German lines to another battalion who's ready to have who's ready to send 1600 men into basically oncoming german forces who are ready yeah. for them <laughs> when they think they're like sneaking up on them and they send two guys you know across miles because uh one of the guy's yeah. brother is in the other battalion so obviously you mm-hmm. know, um that's something where he's like all right now i gotta go yeah. save my brother and all these men and but that's that's pretty much the premise. Yeah. I won't say anything more. And, it, and it's not that there's too much more. I wouldn't say that there's no. too much to spoil. And even if you did, it is the experience. Let's talk Absolutely. about some of these shots. Just a couple of them because uh, I know we want to do – Zach sees it in a couple of days and I don't want to ruin too much for him because yeah, he yeah. knows nothing. Mm-hmm. But this is a movie that as you're watching it, you're going, oh, how is he going to – how did we – yeah. How did the camera just get from one from point A to point B? You don't understand how it's happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah, You don't. And I know um, what nineteen seven like the marketing team was doing like in front of a lot of movies, um, like before the trailers they show like this featurette 
of sort of how he pulled it off where like you know Sam Mendes and Roger Deakins are there talking like oh we have to get the camera and then once we go here we like pass it to a guy on a truck and then the guy on the truck puts it on a crane and then the crane we and take it, it off it's just like like we're coming out one of my friends was like you know like whoever the boom operators were on this shit like give them a raise screwed because <laughs> they would have been <laughs> yeah like, it would have kept getting in the way so like it's crazy like this is a movie where you want to get the blu-ray and see like all the behind the scenes all the, the special features the commentaries because it's like literally like mind-blowing how so they post some of this stuff we're going to talk a little bit more about award season later on this episode but uh before we get there 1917 is one of the last movies left that hasn't had a wide release hasn't really had a festival release even uh so it remains somewhat of a mystery and people are wondering is this going to be an oscars front runner is this even going to be nominated where do the both of you stand on terms of its uh impact come award season <laughs> putting all my money on it probably <laughs> Really? Like, yeah, so yeah. this is your best picture front runner right away? <sighs> Andres said it was. Yeah, yeah. To see what I think the Academy would lean towards, yes. You know, um, if Parasite gets nominated, I don't think, I just don't see them like picking a foreign winner just yet, especially right. in a year with with a lot of um, too many big movies like this or Once Upon a Time Irishman and Once Upon a Time exactly there's too many of these big movies that the Academy Academy would go for yeah so I would put yeah I would pick this um, and definitely Cinematography Deacon's hands down like like, so that's what I was saying yeah from memory like I can't Uh, think of anything that beats this ah okay so for me uh, I think it's definitely getting the nomination yeah. for Best Picture. I still think it's going to be Once Upon a Times to lose. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, I would love Parasite to win. Um, who's competing in cinematography? That's the thing. Like, obviously, I just not 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 who's getting nominated. Oh, okay, okay. Who's competing with this? I. Why does sound have two categories? Why does acting have four categories? But the literal most important thing on the screen, the visual, only has one. Mm-hmm. No, the the camera operators, the lighting. The blocking, those are all, all of that gets put into one category. Mm-hmm. And we all know there is first AC, second AC, the cinematographer, the, mm-hmm. sometimes the cinematographer is separate to the director of photography, sometimes different to the cam operator. There's an yeah. entire camera department, there's only one award. This wins it in, I said, I was going to say, oh, it might win it in some, it wins it in all of them. I do think Monos and The Last Black Man in San Francisco are still the best shot movies of the year. Are those going to be able to find in there? I don't think so. This has it. Yes, is it showy sometimes? Yes. Yeah. Is it uh, I, insane? Yes. It's a feat. Art, I see that Trinity, though, over your shoulder, and uh, oh, no, no, it we still only got three points on it. It's, it still only has three points on it. It <laughs> may change in a little bit, Zach, but that depends on what else we talk about. 1917, though? Somewhere over here. Somewhere over here. All right. Somewhere over here. Bet I'm all glad right, yo right. Fernando loved it. It was the fastest no, five he's given it, I and easily it. one of the best looking movies of the year. Yeah, it's good to know. I'm still very excited to see it. Uh, as for what I've been watching, I caught up a little bit on some of the off- shorter offerings available on streaming. Whether that's some of the Disney Channel uh, Spark Shorts that we were talking about. Mm. Excuse me, not Disney Channel, Disney Plus. Uh, I thought Pearl was pretty good. I don't know if you caught Pearl. 
I'm mean, able to. Well, what about the uh, ball of yarn? That's a pretty solid one. I, I didn't like smash and grab as much, uh, but then there's a short on Netflix which is very interesting called Ghosts of Sugarland. I don't know if either of you got a chance to ca- catch this. Yeah. They were this, pushing this for for me is that a, a lot, so okay. I'm wondering how many people are getting this like right on their timeline. Mm-hmm. It's a 20 minute documentary short uh, talking about uh, basically it's these these friends in this. Uh, Texan community talking about their friend who left to join ISIS and they're not sure like what is he there is he an FBI informant what led to this it's just a very like frank and interesting documentary talking with these friends talking about uh, what happened to this guy they know and how Mm. he made this transformation and you know what, what happens to a person basically uh, when you when you uh, to to go from you know being kind of a more regular person to becoming that extremist. Uh, it's also got this really interesting kind of design to it in that the people involved don't want to show their faces, so they're all wearing masks, different uh, Halloween or superhero masks, and they go through archival footage and put masks on top of the people so you can kind of connect who's who. Mm-hmm. It's got a really interesting style. I'd recommend it. It's a quick watch and a very, very interesting story. From uh, Netflix, uh, Sundance. It was a Sundance. That's why it sounded familiar. Yeah, it was an award winner out of Sundance this year, so uh, we didn't catch it I there, gotta catch that for sure. it's available now on Netflix. Dope. That sounds good. I also caught up with Rumble in the Bronx, the Jackie Chan movie. How was I've never How was... I've never seen this one before. This is from uh, 1995, so you oh, know, not, not a new one. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, but it's really fun. I just... I, I was reminded of how joyful it is to watch the Jackie Chan style of martial arts, which is so reliant on its environment and so uh, utilitarian in the way that it will just grab any sort of prop or device available around him in order to to utilize that in their style of fighting in a way that's both badass and hilarious like mm-hmm. i don't know if there's anything quite like it since you know the silent film era and i was just reminded of that that absence we have you know we have yeah. some people who are really great martial arts stars but the way he's able to balance uh that fighting ability with the humor with the the ingenuity and creativity uh it's so fun to see I agree. i'm not as familiar with his back catalog as maybe some people are i, I haven't seen stuff like drunken master uh but i was glad to ha- actually see rumble in the bronx for a first time because it's so good have you ever seen the uh, Every Frame of Painting video on Jackie yeah, Chan? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Classic. Masterpiece. But I agree with you. Nowadays, you may have... Uh, who is Shaw? Hobbs and Shaw? Uh, uh, Statham. Statham will do like the using right. the rope or using everyday items. Mm-hmm. But you could tell that like he, he starts off the scene holding it. Jackie Chan acts like... It's the first thing he... Mm-hmm. Like he makes it seem yeah, like there's a he's improvising. Yeah. It, it's uh, crazy. And- yeah, just the way the way they choreographed those scenes is amazing. You know, you talked about uh, the choreography in 1917, and you know, you look at a movie like Rumble in the Bronx, and it, the way that certain action scenes are choreographed, that there is no uh, awards for that kind of stuff, or or at yep. least you know not in the mainstream awards, is a little bit tragic. Yep. Great choreography makes a lot of those movies. You know, you look at 
something like John Wick, which I know you loved earlier this year, and yeah. it's so reliant on the precision of those movements. We've mentioned this so many times. That was the first thing Alina came out and said, is it blocking? Is that what it's called? And I was like, yeah. Mm. She's like, more people need to know that that's a craft. And I was like, yeah, yeah. it really is. Yeah. There is a, there's a, and again, I think uh, we had mentioned multiple times when it comes to like adding different categories. Mm-hmm. We've always mentioned CGI artists. We've a motion yes. capture artist, CGI artists in general. Uh, yeah. When it comes to stunt work mm-hmm. uh, with everything that they do. Um, but also what you were just mentioning right now, like I was mentioning, how is it that there's one category for when it comes, uh, it goes to directing, you know? Yeah. The block and they just they, they put it there even though there are coordinators that aren't directors yeah. that are in there and they're doing it as well uh. unsung heroes anyway. I guess uh, yeah so that's mostly what I've been watching I also got a chance to rewatch the film we're going to talk about in a little bit but let us know what you've been watching in the comments on YouTube or by shooting us an email the address for that is intercutpod at gmail.com we're going to move on to our yay or nay, where we break down the latest happenings in entertainment, starting with Martin Scorsese's three and a half hour epic. The Irishman was finally released onto Netflix over the Thanksgiving holiday, putting it into living rooms across the globe, especially around America. And as it reached audiences everywhere, audiences everywhere reacted on Twitter, uh, calling the film too long and not as good as Avengers Endgame. <laughs> Art, yay or nay, what was your reaction to the general film Twitter reaction uh, to The Irishman? The biggest thing that I had seen, I mean, I can't tell anyone that it's better than Endgame. Or it is funny that the two biggest movies of the year, um, if you want to call it that, one of them definitely was. They're both th- over two three hours long. Two of the biggest movies of the two year. Of the, no, yeah, I, right? For different I, reasons. I can't remember yeah. another year where two high-profile movies that right? were as watched as these two were uh, past three hours. Three hours. Time. And a lot yeah. of the other movies that we have are also pushing that boundary. Yeah. Dude, Waves is two and a half. Like, mm-hmm. well over two and a half. There's Once a lot of these time, movies that are... Over three. Yeah. Right. And that's even without the actual director's cut that <laughs> yeah, we're supposed yeah. to get. So, yeah, it is a crazy year. I mean, one, you know I'm all for this year. But it's also a year where it's a, all those movies that supposedly can't be made are being made like crazy. The What's the what's the rule? 90 minutes because they need to fit more screenings in. Mm-hmm. The highest grossing movie of all time is three hours and change. Mm-hmm. This movie coming out in theaters, I think the biggest reaction that I had to it was uh, the one post, the one that went viral about seeing it as a miniseries yeah. and kind of doing the P-run thing of telling you at this point you can pause it and it kind of feels like a complete thing. Um, and then people going, no. Yeah, the the reaction to the, I thought, or the policing of rather, I should say, the irony you watch the Irishman, the irony. Was crazy to me, and I should mention, like, despite my my rambly intro, I do think like the vast majority of film Twitter responded really positively to the movie. Uh, you saw yeah. it was, in fact, it was maybe too positively in that they were, you know, diminishing people who would try to, as you mentioned, break up oh, the Irishman. Yeah. There was that somewhat viral post that talked about how to turn it into four episodes of yeah, like the miniseries, miniseries. exactly, like, and people went insane know, for it. There's plenty of people who are yeah. not going to sit down and watch a three and a half hour movie. And I saw a lot of people making the false equivalence of like, oh, I didn't see you complaining about Avengers Endgame. Like plenty of people complained about complained the about Avengers, Avengers Endgame. Endgame. I love that. Isn't mm. no. Isn't that hilarious? Yeah, we did. Yeah. Oh, 
you can't Granted, just like, say I, I like getting a, a longer movie every now and then. Like, I, I see the... I see the benefit and appeal of having that much uh, runway in a film, mm-hmm. but you know I'm not going to force people to sit exactly. in a chair for three and a half hours and now, get a UTI. <laughs> Who's was that? You who said it? I'm yeah, going to watch The Irishman the way Martin intended it with a UTI, <laughs> dude. That was uh, so. Isn't it funny that we'd been you know all the Martin Scorsese talk leading up to it? Which first and foremost to talk all that smack. Which at a certain point he's just straight up said, "Yes, I am. I am talking smack. <laughs> I, I got a movie to promote. Let me explain. Uh, y'all don't want to. Yeah, y'all don't want to release it in theaters. I'm going to tell you how it is. The theater system is corrupt, is what he said. Um, to say all that and then come up to the plate. Deliver this. I've seen it almost three times already. I've seen it two times in really? total. Oh. <laughs> it's a great movie. When people say it's too long. I was like, okay, sure. There's bound to be something that isn't too long for you. So it really is all a matter of stuff. Also, who cares? Mm. Do you remember when y'all complained about Martin Scorsese? Why didn't you just shut up about his opinion? Why don't y'all shut? Is it's so funny? Mm. It will always, it will always happen. Just give it, just give it two weeks, and the people on one stance will just flip it over to the other. Let Martin say his thoughts. What do you mean you can't watch a movie? It's like, why does one matter over the other? Who cares what one person says about what movies you watch? But also, we I, we kind of brush on the speed thing. It kind of reminds me of Netflix and the speed. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's this the, idea uh, of playback pe- speed <sighs> thing allowing you to watch movies twice as fast or whatever. And now you got to see it like in a certain way. And I saw the argument of people saying, and, and let me put it first, first and foremost. Uh, I know all three of us did this. We saw it in theaters, so shut up. I'm not, I'm not going to have it. <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to have it. I'm going to timestamp this right here for, for whoever needs it. Look, we sat through the theaters, three hours, 26 minutes. And as Alina said, we got the matinee. We went there with elderly people. They came out, no de-aging for them. They were done. They came in with, with canes they weren't using. They yeah. were using them on the way out. We did our due diligence, and I loved the movie. That said, who, why do you care how people watch their films? And there's this, right. con- there's this idea of, well, that's the way the director intended. How many bad movies have you seen, Zach? Uh, quite a few. Do you think the director intended it to? I don't give a damn what the director intended. Yes, watch the movie if you can, in its entirety. If you watch it in parts, who cares? Right. I think it's more important that people who are engage with it. Yes. uh, Yeah, engage with it and approach it in a way that they can engage with it. Yeah. Like for a lot of people, they you know three and a half hour movies. Like I'm gonna fall asleep halfway through. It's like so. What did you think of the Irishman? I like the first half. Like is that better for you? Uh Ah. And there's those discussions, but I, I like how, again, we talk about movies. We live in movies. We go to the theaters. Some people right. have nine to fives. Then they have kids. And you're upset that they didn't watch three hours and 20. They don't care. Right. <laughs> they, it's the, the treating of everybody like they are these uh, film like film critics. You know, not everybody's a film critic. Some people no. are, are looking for a piece of entertainment. The next time somebody tells you that, just tell them to log their 25th movie into Letterboxd, because that's usually the case here. It's just someone arguing with you about a movie for no apparent reason whatsoever. That said, the Anna Packin line, I want to talk about in the most positive light we can possibly give it. Now, you had said that most people should have already seen it. It's been out. It is on Netflix. In case you need the spoiler warning, in case you're still on episode one of The Irishman, if you cut down into a miniseries... I wanted to have this discussion. I don't know if you had a, a segue to it, so I don't want to jump Right, ahead. I mean, I don't really have a, a full segue other than to say that another thing that's been uh, frequently discussed is the amount of dialogue that Anna Paquin has. And, you know, I think the reason that uh, people are bringing this up specifically is that Anna Paquin is a actress of renown. Is she an Oscar nominee? I want to say that she is. Uh, Was it the she... age of 12? Right, yeah, yeah. exactly. Wild. Um, 
and the Emmys. She's I think. a she's a you know really good actress, yeah, and sure. the the fact that she. Uh, I, I don't think it's a spoiler, really, a big no. spoiler, at least to say that she has very few lines of dialogue in The Irishman. Mm-hmm. Um, she plays a character who start appears first as a younger person, and that younger person also doesn't have a lot of lines of dialogue, but has some. And there's been a discussion about uh, whether or not that's fair or right or sexist. Mm-hmm. Art, where did you lie on uh, the whole amount of dialogue debate interesting to bring up that another movie also had an actress with very little another dialogue. three hour plus movie yes. by a very prolific director looking and reflecting back on his career and the things that he likes the most that happened once upon a time in hollywood and all that tarantino said when it came to sharon tate's portrayal by miss margot robbie was i uh, I reject your hypothesis. Uh, Scorsese has pretty much said the same thing, but Anna Packen herself came out, which I always say this. I always say this. I know some people were criticizing uh, in Joker because of um, Zazie Beats and uh, someone else also only got one, a very few lines that we thought was going to get more, Brian mm-hmm. Therese Henry, and saying that, oh, they were only used for a whatever alternative. I was like, well, I, I don't think those actors were duped. Mm-hmm. I think they saw merit in the script. And a packin has had to come out because people are saying, oh, she was forced to do this. They forced her on the same one line. She's like, no one forced me to do anything. Right. And then she literally quotes herself in the videos that she's been in. I would have played a tree for Marty. <laughs> yeah. But then uh, she, uh, Marty, uh, De Niro, and yeah. myself have to put it to you this way. The lines that she actually gets in the movies are so profound. The problem isn't the line she gets in the movie. The problem is y'all don't know how to read film. I hate to sound that way. I, I rarely <laughs> sound like so this. pretentious, Art? Uh, no, dude. There is. When <laughs> no, I first heard it, I was like, that's it? And then it really sat with me. Mm-hmm. Full spoilers here. This is... Uh, Years have passed, decades have passed. Uh, and this is the running time of the movie, of course. <laughs> uh, decades have passed within the, the year, the, the, the movie's length. And at that point, the daughter who saw her dad beat up somebody, who saw her father, who knows that that's her dad on the news who's killing all of these people, grows up and has never questioned him until she's old enough and sees again yet somebody else on the news and sees her, her dad's reacting. But this time it's someone she cared about. It wasn't the right. Buffalino guy who tried make me. No, 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 no. It wasn't any of his other friends. It was the one who she actually deemed like an uncle. And she knows who did it. And her only line after the three hours in the movie is her asking, why? And then he goes, what? She asks, why one more time? He goes, why what? Why haven't you called his wife? If you can't see the performance in those two lines of a of a of a daughter who's been trying to tell her father something and that's the first time she has the balls to why do people watch movies and forget the fact that this is a serial killer who is her father and it takes her that entire time for her to finally get the balls to just question him why people are mad because she didn't why have you killed that like she's not gonna go on in a whole speech this is the daughter of a serial killer you said there you see her younger as well and as she's younger she doesn't say much all of a sudden, she was supposed to be Anna Packin and, and give her lines from X-Men or something. Give her lines from her Oscar win. No. What she gave was that subtle why. Finally yeah. coming up to her dad. And then when her dad finally asked why what, she just retweets. She retreats. Yeah. But it stinks and it stays with him. Yeah, retweets. Yeah. Um, I loved it, dude. Yeah. And, and the more times that I've seen that scene and you sit with the movie. And again, why Scorsese says 
Don't make it a miniseries. Watch it all at once. Watch the flash of time before your eyes. Yes, it's three hours and 26 minutes. That's the fourth character in this movie. It's time. Yeah. That's what he was going for. And when you see that and the little girl becoming Anna Pack and And again, it's if it was a side character, no issue. You know, if it wasn't an Oscar-nominated actress, there is no problem. Yeah. Right. But, but you said sometimes an artist, say a Kanye West... Uses a uh, uh, what's his name Elton John. Elton John, because that's exactly what the song needs. It needs a little mm-hmm. flavor, and sometimes what the movie needs is that that one line. Right. I, I believe the fact that we know Anna Paquin and we we see her and we recognize, oh, that's an important person because she's a celebrity. Like mm-hmm. this person is important in the context of the movie. Respect adds to, to the weight when she doesn't have. Exactly. Anything to really say, you know, she she gives that judgmental look and that disappointed glare, and and you you that absence of dialogue leaves you with the same feeling that right uh, he's supposed to be feeling in those moments. You know, the the main thing that this uh, controversy, if that's what you want to call it, uh, makes me think of the same way that the Margot Robbie thing, mm-hmm. when people were talking about the amount of dialogue she has, is. That people are are misinterpreting how to read film. Mm-hmm. The movie this is yeah, still a visual medium. Yeah. Yes, uh, you know, just because they don't necessarily have a lot of dialogue doesn't mean they're not doing a lot on screen, mm-hmm. and that their yeah. presence doesn't matter. Uh, you know, just to like count the amount of words they say is so contrary to the way that we experience film and that the way that many of the, the yeah. best performances that we get on film are delivered. You know, I, I think I a agree. lot of times you say more by saying less. Yeah. And mm-hmm. uh, I can't imagine how much worse this movie would have been if they gave Anna Paquin a monologue mm-hmm. about right? how her character was feeling just at the end. Yeah. You know, That would have made no sense. And we're, like you said, we're talking for Ryan Gosling would have no roles if it came to him. <laughs> <to> always be- <laughs> The ending of The Irishman. What'd y'all think of, like, you know, if you had a problem with Anna yeah. Packard, did you see how he ended the movie? Marty went on record saying, did you see the ending to my movie? <laughs> no studio would have let that happen. No studio would have let me end it like that. I had to go with Netflix. Fernando, did you have any thoughts on the way that uh, the Irishman was unleashed into the world? Yeah, I mean, with, with the Anna Packard thing, it's like, yeah, some people really don't know how to interpret the film that way, and... Also, we're like talking like there's so many years where films didn't even have dialogue. They didn't have the technology. <laughs> Charlie, Charlie people, Chaplin didn't speak. For people to talk, you know? Um, and yeah, there's been like Oscar nominees. Like, I think the shortest like performance that's gotten Oscar nominated is like like a minute or something like that. And it's like Anna Paquin could easily get nominated for yeah. the role like in any other year. She's so good. Like just her, her face, like her the glare she yeah. gives. Um, yeah, there's a lot of, yeah. It's, yeah, I definitely don't think it's something that people should be upset about and yeah because like she she knows she read the script she knows what she's getting into yeah um, yeah and then when it that's comes it. we get the defense we get why people are defensive about yeah it. yeah i just think it's targeted at the wrong at like the wrong yeah. thing you know there's definitely yeah. other situations where that could be where that argument could be used but i don't think it's valid with the irishman definitely and then in regards to how people watch it like yeah that doesn't really matter. Obviously, Marty, there was like this article that came out where Marty was like, you know, maybe don't watch it on your phone, maybe on like a really big iPad yes. you know, at the yeah. minimum. Um, and, but yeah, it's like if you can watch it in the theater, then yeah. But it's on Netflix. Yeah, I mean, you can watch it wherever. 
Yeah. He did. He said that. Yeah. Hey, do it the way that you best uh, ingest the art, however yeah. however that works for you. Yeah. Enjoy movies the way you enjoy them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Enjoy them. Uh, the boy Trank, Josh Trank, uh, recently of fired from Fantastic Four, Fanforstic, however you want to pronounce it, fame, uh, fired from Star Wars movie fame, uh, returned to social media in a few different ways <laughs> over the Thanksgiving holiday. He went on to Letterboxd to uh, give the <laughs> Fantastic Four movie he was fired from a two-star review, calling it all right. <laughs> Uh, but ultimately, that's not really the thing that a lot of people were talking about as he went on to Twitter and uh, launched various tirades against Marvel and superhero movies and uh, people who claimed they know more about movies <laughs> or the Irishman than him. Art, yay or nay, are you happy that Josh Shrank is uh, back in public? No. <laughs> you know- You're not enjoying this? You know I defended his stupid ass when all that went. I went no, they're ma- ah. I I I, I love man. Chronicle. I love Chronicle. That was too. like years ago. It's right there. <laughs> Remember when he said he banned Max Landis from the set? That was a good look. Right. It's so I didn't want to believe it. Do you want to know the only reason I'm not as upset with him? Because someone else was dumber on social media. But we'll talk about Gold Link another day. This man. <laughs> this man is so dumb. He was arguing with people. Telling them, uh, I know more than you do. I'm a director. You loser. Why are you responding to me? Honey, if you're a director, then you should not be responding to people. Especially if you're going to play the I'm better than you card. You are not better if you're responding to nobodies on Twitter. This man has yeah, Star uh- Wars. He, he fell into the trap of reading his mentions, which uh, I don't know if anybody at that level should do. I do it, but I, I don't really he started get to, He started saying, wah, 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 wah. Like, those were his arguments. It was unbelievable. At first, I was with it. I was like, hey, he's making a comeback to a little social media. Uh, okay, it man. It did have the feel of him getting progressively drunker, which I don't that, know. That's... That, that definitely came off. And that's what was the biggest worrying part. Because at first I was like, oh, it's a funny joke. You're reviewing your own movie, Two Stars. He keeps throwing the, uh, there's a version out there. But I'm not Zack Snyder. <laughs> so you'll never see release the trunk. I was like, homie, hey, chill. I don't know about that. The one thing that always stuck with me was Matthew Vaughn was very highly rumored as being the person who came back to the Fanforstic and reshot it. As we know, the infamous uh, wig that um, Mara wears being uh, something that came after the, the reshoots were happening. And I really respect Vaughn and Vaughn never speaking crap or saying anything but coming in to do the work always made me go, there is a very high possibility everything they said about this guy is true. And this... I'm not going to say it solidifies it, but I'm very disappointed. Yeah. It's disappointing. Yeah, Fernando, did you get to read some of the comments that he had I, on Twitter? I did see them. I'm trying to, I'm looking through them now. I think he deleted most of them. Oh, yeah, yeah a lot of them are. I think yeah. all of them did. Yeah. I just wonder how this is going to affect his upcoming film, Fonzo, with Tom Hardy. <laughs> if, if, I don't know what. Uh, he says it's going to debut flick. in festivals in 2020, so. Sundance Boys! <laughs> And now uh, we're going to have a Q&A with director Josh Trank. Everybody. He says no to everyone. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, Josh Trank couldn't be here for the Q&A, so Matthew Vaughn. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Uh, you mentioned briefly <sighs> release the Snyder Cut. We got maybe an update to the release the Snyder Cut Chronicle Let's over go. the past couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe it was the fifth anniversary of the movie or something like that. There is no way. Already? I, maybe I'm wrong. But 2016. It, was, it came out in 2016, so it's been at least three years. Uh, I want to say so it was maybe it was maybe nice. it was just a uh, an anniversary of some kind. Yeah, but I know that it was coordinated a coordinated effort to get release the Snyder Cut trending, and af- after release the S Y N D E R cut was briefly trending. Uh, they got more release the Snyder cuts trending, including uh, Gal Gadot tweeted it out, Ben Affleck tweeted it out, Zack Snyder was retweeting all these. That's big. Which led people That's to believe. Big. Maybe this is for real. Maybe there's something gonna actual something actually will happen if the people this close to it are hinting at it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we got a little bit of a update from WB <laughs> where <laughs> apparently oh, Fernando, do you remember the phrase that was used? Um, I don't. I think it was like it's currently not in our plans to release it or it's, something. It's something like, like no that. way this is yeah, happening. Yeah, basically, basically like yeah, it. this ain't happening. They called it a pipe dream, pipe dream. to which then DC Snyder fans wanted to get pipe dream trending. So all of them started calling the project, oh, yes, a pipe dream. Look at this beautiful pipe because uh, Snyder started releasing stills that never, that never got released. Mm. And they were like, what a gorgeous pipe dream. The release is bad. I'm going to just look. Do you remember Superman 2? Got a director's cut? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do y'all, re- do y'all ever catch it? Do y'all ever see it? Because he was fired. Donner was fired halfway through filming that. Mm -hmm. And he was like, nah, I have my director's cut. But someone else finished the movie. Now I'm going to release my director's cut anyway. But you didn't shoot some scenes. Don't matter. Put the storyboards in there. (laughs) (laughs) That is an actual cut that exists. Superman 2, the Mm -hmm. Donner cut, with just unfinished shots. Mm -hmm. That's what y'all want the Snyder cut to be. Because that's what it has to be. Yeah. He physically not. did not finish filming. Yeah. Unless he's brought the crew back in. Since I know his wife was the producer. Which, hey, I I don't know. It's Snyder. I don't know half the stuff he does, right? Mm-hmm. Then maybe it's finished. But other than that, there's definitely a variation. Yeah. There's a variation. For sure. We saw it in the trailers. Uh, they changed color correcting. There was some music already done. Junkie said he finished the score. Uh, mm-hmm. The other people claim they've seen the stuff. Are you too excited for it at all? When it drops, how fast are you watching it? Yeah. It's interesting because I remember early on, like, one of the first articles I wrote for the website, www.theatzshow.com, was about petitions, right? And there was, like, someone early, like, last year made a petition, like, oh, you know, let's get release the Snyder Cut. Um, mm-hmm. And they took it to Comic-Con and put billboards up and stuff. And I was like, there might not even be a cut. Like, a cut. But right. now... Yeah. It's pretty, like, confirmed there is one. But, yeah, it's not, like, finished. It's all, like, all rough visual effects. They're all going to be green screen. Um, should it come out? Like, I guess. But I just, I, I just be, like, it'd be Release. funny if it's, like, not even an improvement or it's worse. Bruh, watch it be a masterpiece. Watch us all have I mean, to rechange maybe, our decade list. Maybe the most fun I've had watching a superhero movie in the past, I don't know, 15 years or so was when that unfinished copy of Wolverine came out. Oh, oh okay. Uh, <laughs> I was say, dude, talk about it. Some people don't know about this. Uh, yeah, so a copy of, was this just Wolverine? Wolverine Origins. Right? The Origins? Wolverine Origins. The one with I believe Deadpool. directed by Gavin Hood. Uh, was released before all the VFX were done 
uh, which led to some pretty amazing scenes Incredible. of, of uh, Wolverine ducking out of the way of like a little prop biplane that was clearly <laughs> not done. It's or, the entire uh, movie. The sh- or, or dead, Deadpool falling off a reactor, and it's just this like stick figure thing. That's how movies are made. <laughs> it's, for, it was great. For um, the youngins out there. The, at least the Snyder Cut is half that good. I am going right? to be there day one. How would you not? Imagine the Mummy trailer when that was dropped a little too early with all the just yelling yes. effects. Yes. But the whole movie. That'd be great. I would love it. Mm-hmm. That'd I be fantastic. That's the only way you would actually get me interested in it. Fernando, where do I finished. sign? <laughs> Where do you sign? There's probably a change, like multiple change.com change. petitions. All right, so that's about it for yay or nay. We've got some uh, other news to hit in our topic of the week. But meanwhile, be an inner cutie and send us a question by leaving it in the comments on YouTube or by hitting us up on social media at intercutpod. You can also email us intercutpod at gmail.com. Love to hear from you and let us let us know what you want us to talk about on the show. We always like getting your uh, contributions here. So we're going to start off with topic of the week, which is an awards season update, because as we get Mm. closer and closer to the Academy Awards, the picture of what may or may not be nominated is getting clearer. Uh, We're recording on a Monday, the day that the Gotham Award uh, winners were announced. The Gotham Awards are one of the first uh, awards to announce their, their winners, and kind of act as sort of a precursor. Sometimes they can help launch a campaign. Right, Running down the list here, Best Documentary went to American uh, Factory. Ooh. Best Screenplay went to Marriage Story. Audience Award went to Marriage Story. Breakthrough Director went to The Mustang. Uh, Breakthrough nice. Series went to When They See Us. Best Actor, Adam Driver in Marriage Story. Best Actress, Aquafina in The Farewell. And Best Feature, Marriage Story. So a big night for Marriage Story. Huge. Coming off of uh, not as big of a night when the Independent Spirit Award nominations were announced. Although Marriage Story ended up picking up the Best Ensemble uh, Award, that makes it ineligible for the Best Actor, Best Actress, Best Supporting Actress nominations. So that's why you don't see Best uh, Adam Driver or Scarlett Johansson among the Indie Spirit Award nominees. The leader in Indie Spirit Award nominations is a four or three-way tie between Lighthouse, Honey Boy, and Uncut Gems. Although uh, Uncut, sorry, Honey Boy did not make the cut for Best Feature. Uh, so Art, just off of that point, what are your takeaways from some of these early precursor awards as we get closer to the Oscars? What movies do you think have their stock going up in terms of more likely to end up with a couple nominations when the yeah. Oscars announce? What movies are stocked down? What do you still have faith in? Uh, well, I'm glad to see when they see us get a win. We've been talking about how the last, because uh, the Gotham Awards are streamed, if anything, but the like last big one would be, uh, what do we say, the Golden, Golden Globes. Globes. In yeah, order to likely uh, continue on to the Golden Globes and to have that moment there, uh, really quick. I love seeing Undone, Tuka Birdie, Russian Doll, Rami, the Pen Fifteen. You've been talking yeah. a lot about uh, Pen Fifteen um, won Breakthrough Series short format at the Gotham Awards. So uh, it's a I don't want to show on Hulu. Yeah, we both recommend it. I don't want to say too much about Waves with the win that they were able to get, other than it being very surprising. Taylor Russell, shout out to her. But I will say the farewell one, I think, does bump it up a little bit more. 
I think that may mean she gets a nomination for an Oscar. Yeah. Do you think? Yeah. Not that she'd I mean, win. It definitely puts her closer to getting that nomination. She, I believe, was also nominated uh, at the, or was she not nominated at the Indie Spirit Awards? No, she she wasn't. But uh, Zhao Shen. Okay. So someone might, especially when you consider the fact that I still think it's definitely going to get a big nomination. I think we're still going that it's foreign if that's what the Oscars are going to play by the rules. I don't think it's going to be foreign at the Oscars. I think it's going to be at the Globes. No. Okay. Uh, Do you think it's going to pick up anything else, even a screenplay? I think screenplay is likely where the farewell ends up. It seems like one of those movies that's maybe a little bit too small. Mm -hmm. Uh, I, I find that screenplay often awards some of the better movies that maybe just aren't showy enough to uh, yeah. make it into the best feature category. Uh, but looking at some of these these uh, early reactions, you know, I, I think this bodes well, obviously, for Marriage, marriage Story. Marriage Story, yes. To Very big. Sweep even Everything. Early. I, I think yep. it's going to be a major contender in a lot of categories. And as I've said many times on the show, you know, I, I think one of the main keys for being a contender for the Oscars is you getting nominations across the board rather mm-hmm. than just in one or two categories. Agreed. So in that um, case, do you think clemency is going to get anything? That's the right, only one so, that I'm seeing here that has continued to just stick a little bit there. But you and I have a hilarious story and where we have missed about five screenings for clemency. So if this ends up getting the big award, the irony that the movie gods have against us. I, I think that Clemency ultimately might be a little bit too small. It might be one of those so movies that peaks at the Indie Spirit Awards. Yeah. You know, right. you look at some of the movies that are nominated at the Indie Spirit Awards. Uh, Last Black Man in San Francisco got three nominations. That'd be nice. Uh, Clemency got nominated nominated for three as well. Uh, another movie, Give Me Liberty, got nominated yeah. for four. That I'm surprised. These, yeah, some of these smaller movies, I feel like this is kind of where their awards run will end yeah. but Loose. you know it's nice that they do get that nomination but that's crazy because i saw that movie at sundance mm-hmm. so many walkouts and then by the end of it something happens in that movie that i can guarantee you nobody knows that they do that technique in the movie it happens out of nowhere i don't think you guys even know it's no, so out of nowhere it's wild so to see that that got some nominations i was like yo shout out to your team mm-hmm. like i have not heard of you since sundance but that's pretty dope honey boy Honey Boy. Yeah, so Honey Boy has been performing pretty well at the box office. I feel like it's been getting some traction online. A lot of people are are talking about it. Shia LaBeouf is doing the rounds Mm -hmm. in terms of, uh, you know, the the variety actors on actors and doing all sorts of interviews on late night and stuff. So it seems like they're really going for some awards here. Yeah. I I don't know if it's ultimately going to stick around in uh, a lot of categories. I feel like it's kind of around the same level as The Farewell, where it's maybe gunning for a screenplay and maybe supporting actor for Shia. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I agree. Same thing. I agree. Uh, And I believe Shia was nominated as uh, supporting in, uh, or was he not nominated at the Gotham's? Uh, Noah Jupe was. got a cinematography nomination. Both him and Noah were supporting. Oh, yeah, you're right, you're right. Yeah. Yeah, I think think it's catching, picking up a pretty good amount of steam, especially since they have, like, free marketing with, like, pretty big artists like Brockhampton who, like, love them. Yeah, Um, right. So all their fans are probably going to go watch it. 
And Although I don't know if that's necessarily the type of marketing that's gonna convince an academy. Voter. Yeah, for sure. That's you know? the thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But no, so it's interesting. Uh, a movie that we like a lot, uh, and I actually don't know uh, Fernando's full reaction to mm. it. Waves oh, yeah. is one that really I think could have used some love at the Gotham's or the indie spirits yeah. to help push it into the Oscars discussion, and uh, it did win best breakthrough breakthrough actor. Mm -hmm. Uh, at the Gotham's, but it's only Indie Spirit Award nomination was also for Taylor Russell. I could see her maybe getting a Best Supporting Actress uh, campaign, but I'm wondering if this is sort of all that Waves is going to do, if Waves maybe is a little too polarizing to ultimately play a bigger role in award season. Yeah. Definitely. Especially consider. Well, no, say your thoughts. We have not heard your thoughts. Yeah. It's interesting. So I saw it yesterday too, and I actually really liked it. Um, but I Great. have seen a lot of polarizing things, even though like the initial reactions were mainly positive. Um, I have seen some people uh, not like it as much as I as I anticipated. But Old it's, people? This is, it's another like... It's another point to how good this year was because as i was watching this i was like sterling k brown is insane in this and he's not <laughs> right? gonna get so anything in um, calvin two, harris is so good in this and he's not gonna get he's anything. fantastic um it's crazy that calvin harrison can have uh waves and loose, loose in a year in and probably year. will get no recognition yeah. for either of those movies. and he technically remember from the, in the interviews the q a's that we got he helped write Waves. Yeah, he was he was very instrumental wow. in the process of uh, writing and conceiving yeah. what Waves should be. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that he's so integral to that movie and is so good in that movie. Yeah. You know, I, I'd love to see a supporting actor uh, wow. uh, campaign for him or for Sterling K. Brown. Mm -hmm. But also, it's you know, without getting too spoilery, it's kind of an odd movie structurally. And I wonder mm -hmm. if it that is. hurts yeah. particularly in the music. Actors. Yeah, because, you know, I don't know what campaigns you would necessarily run with what actors yeah um, it's a shame though because I, I think the movie's very good and I, I think if it maybe got a couple other nominations like a screenplay nomination or cinematography just talking about some of the films that were best shot this year Waves is a beautiful looking film yeah. it is uh, if it got some of that that love maybe it would be seen by more audiences mm -hmm. yeah it's been out. I mean, it's been limited for a bit, and I, I just don't see it gaining that yeah. much traction. That's a high-flying bird. Looking at the uh, Indie Spirit Awards, not jumping over there. Wow. Look at that. See You Yesterday. Yeah. And, right? See yeah. You Yesterday has a couple alongside uh, Clemency, mm -hmm. but also I lost my place here. Just see, a little see bit. High-flying bird. Netflix one, right? Yeah. 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 And we dug that one. Uh, we, we dug that, that one, yeah. It was at Tribeca. Tribeca, yeah. Uh, but to see that high-flying bird yeah. and then also a, a couple more over here for clemency, it makes mm -hmm. me think. One, these It's the wild card. If we want to talk about baseball terms, you know the wild card. All these teams fighting for just the ability yeah. to be there, just for the nomination. I, I'm very curious. High Flying Bird, Clemency, and what did I just say? See you, I, I don't think it's going to be See You Yesterday. Yeah, 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 no, but no. it is interesting to see See You Yesterday over here. But Clemency and High Flying Bird seem to be snatching up a little here and there, here and there, here and there. Zach, did you see Best First Screenplay? Uh, let me scroll over to that. Jocelyn DeVore, Don Liu. Oh, Greener right, right. Grass. Our girls from Greener Grass Woo! got the Indie Spirit Award nomination. Mm -hmm. Wild. That's dope. Uh, it's probably going to go to Blow the Man because Blow the Man Down because I know you really like that one from Tribeca. <laughs> <laughs> but 
But no, that's good to see. Uh, yeah. Again, another one for Give Me Liberty. Best male lead, also Give Me Liberty. Loose, The Mustang. I'm curious, since you guys saw it all the way back at Sundance, that was a pick that you guys were like, we definitely want to catch this at Sundance. You. I think you guys caught it, right? I missed it. I didn't. Fernando did. I missed it. <laughs> I slept. Oh, you oh, missed you it. Overslept. Overslept. But I did see it. I have seen it, yeah. Oh, you've seen uh, it since then? Okay, I right. was wondering what your thoughts were on the general absence of your boy Ari Aster. It got a Best Cinematography nomination, but otherwise we're not really seeing, seeing much Midsommar. I, to me, I wonder if like that movie almost beca- became too big for the Indie Spirit Awards. But Really? No, because I got the Gotham one. He's got a couple on the Gotham. Yeah, I, and, I don't and, know. Yeah, and if he also gets one for cinematography, I mean, if we're really talking indie, none of these movies are that. I mean, some are. Yeah, Marriage Story isn't that indie. Uncut nah. Gems has the express written consent by the NBA. That's not really that indie. <laughs> uh, High Flying Bird, I guess, because it was shot on an iPhone. Yeah, but it's still what's his name deciding to shoot on an bird, iPhone yeah. with expensive lenses. I'm gonna be honest with you. Last Black Man in San Francisco, barely giving it to see you yesterday. Barely, I'd give it to the farewell. Hmm. Um, I'm missing one. I'm missing one. I'm missing one, and it's it's massive. Last, I said last black man and say, oh, simple, honey boy. Honey boy. Have you seen almost Twitter? Yeah. <laughs> That's all I'm gonna say. If you haven't, go to her Twitter. Go to the director of Honey Boy's Twitter. It doesn't get more independent than that. Give it out tickets. It doesn't. She gave out tickets. She said, you ain't got no damn excuse. Go watch the movie. Mm -hmm. That's independent cinema, okay? Mm -hmm. We don't get to that discussion because we just want to decide what cinema in general is. Y'all want to have the independent discussion cinema? That ain't even Sundance. And I love Sundance, but it Mm -hmm. ain't even Sundance. Uh, Yeah, Hustlers even got a nomination if we're talking about... Indies, you know, yeah, I'm not. I don't. I've never seen the indies right. as being an indie stuff. And it's um, also a little weird that Hustlers gets a couple nominations here, including I think it got a screenplay nomination or and director. best director nomination. Yep. And J Lo didn't get nominated. The one thing that people are talking about is a potential she Oscar did. nominee. Although for, for oh, wait, you're yeah, right, she did get nominated. Did she? Spirits, you're okay. right. But in the same sense that you're talking there, how is it that Ari doesn't get nominated? Yeah, uh, yeah. Visually, okay, sure. I, I, I don't think it has any chances at the Oscars. If that's what we're trying to get to, none whatsoever. I believe that a lot of the Oscar voters, or at least a majority of them, don't believe they think it's actually a bad script. Like I've heard multiple yeah. people think it's a bad script, and that's only. Do you only- think though that uh, Jennifer Lopez still has a chance at the Oscars? Like, let's talk maybe about which of the nominees actually do still have a chance at the Oscars. Jennifer Lopez is going to get in, even though I don't think it's her best performance. But we're supposed wow, to say okay. it is um uh, you think it's your best performance in a while that i can remember <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Then we don't give out oscars for in a while <laughs> um i still think it is uh what uh, what's her name's to lose judy garland performance oh renee oh renee zellweger it's, yeah it's she's Renee's, in the yeah. uh, best female lead category to me it's either renee or marriage story um, Scarlett Johansson, yeah. That's it for me. Yeah. On the other end, I mean, you know how it is. It's it's Joaquin v. Adam. Adam to lose. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to still slip him in there, you know. I'm going to still slip in the uncut gems for Adam Sandler. Uh, in terms of screenplay, Adam. that's where I think it's going to get very interesting because there we have a little more wiggle room to play with in terms of adapted and original. Um, and it, it's about to get crazy. That's going to get crazy because there's yeah. no way with all the big names like Once Upon a Time, Irishman, which again, those two. We see them in the same level. Those are two different categories in terms yeah. of screenplay. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's going to be a very interesting deciding factor to see what of the indies is able to slip in there. And so far, it would be crazy 
to see Shia LaBeouf nominated for oh. Honey Boy. That would that would be insane to that would me. That'd be great. Um, I love that. Maybe uncut. I want to say maybe uncut. Yeah, I feel like Uncut as one of those movies that's probably going to get a lot of hype, but maybe not enough to crack best mm. uh, yes. best feature. Uh-huh. It could get in for best screenplay at the Oscars. So that's the way I see. It. I think Clemency's thing at the Oscars is going to be a, a performance. Performance Alfred. Be at the, be, Alfred yeah. Woodard. Yeah, she's nominated at the Indie or, Spirits or the guy. As well. uh, I'm blanking oh, yeah. on his name. Uh, Aldous Hodges. Uh, he might be. I think he's under supporting. Farewell. I, I still think depending on where it goes on the foreign side it may get a nomination mm-hmm. maybe a screenplay i would I, love to see a nomination uh acting wise uh, yeah i think for the uh what's her name the the one who plays the grandma i think it'd be interesting because if we were if we remember for uh for roma obviously um yalitza got nominated which was a surprise but then, but yeah also the wife got nominated, yeah. Uh, marina got nominated marina. Yeah, um, that's insane. That was out of the blue for a foreign film, so. So that would be dope. Yeah. Uh, be. Marriage Story, Uncut Gems. I'm like, we're not even going to talk about those. We know those babies are <laughs> yeah. set. They're good. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if anything else stuck out to you guys. Nothing for the Mustang, nothing for CU yesterday. I think they've had a good run. Mm-hmm. Lighthouse? Willems? Fight, Willems fight. getting a little bit of traction. Oh, yes, yeah, Willems. I mean, Willems. Yeah, I don't think Robert Pattinson gets in, mm-hmm. and I don't think Lighthouse cracks Best Picture, mm-hmm. but Willem Dafoe could potentially crack Best Supporting uh, actor, which mm-hmm. he did for uh, the Indie Spirit Award nominations. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't. We uh, haven't talked much about best documentary, but you know, I, I, we have mentioned American Factory. Uh, we have mentioned Apollo Eleven. We have mentioned Honeyland, mm-hmm. and those three ended up in uh, the Indie Spirit Award nominations. Mm-hmm. We like all of those movies, uh, so definitely recommend all of mm-hmm. them. I'd love to see them get. Uh, all the way to the Oscars, especially Honeyland is a movie that I, I'm yes. hoping more and more people catch up Me with. Yeah. Souvenir is no. not eligible for foreign, correct? No, no. it's in English. Uh, <laughs> they yeah. say Just no. making sure. But yeah, Documentary, I think, is also going to be another interesting one because a lot of the ones that we see here aren't some... I mean, there's Midnight Family is another option and I know that one's still doing a good couple of runs. There's a couple yeah. of other documentaries that I like and I, I haven't uh, caught up on... It's not nominated here but it wasn't the other one. It might be American Factory that I have the screener for, but I have not seen. Uh, what are your hopes in terms of... Because at the beginning of the year, I thought Apollo 11 would have definitely taken it. Yeah. I like. I Seeing- sort of uh, rewatched like the first half of it over Thanksgiving because mm-hmm. I put it on for my dad because I know he loves that kind of stuff. And I was just like, yeah, yeah this was this is great. You, for being you, you all archival footage, yeah. that's great. Right? Yeah. Um, There's no script. This year's really good. Like, And a lot of these are on like streaming, like Netflix, like One Child Nation. Um, right. Uh, American Factory. Even something like um, uh, Knock Down the House might get, especially mm-hmm. in like a, in the election year uh, coming up. Yeah. That might get good. good uh, yeah. I mean, you know, there's a, th- just speaking about all the great documentaries this year, I don't think these are going to be awards contenders. Uh, but... I don't think these are necessarily going to be awards contenders, but we had the competing fire festival documentaries mm-hmm. earlier in the year. You, I just saw it, and then you said it. <laughs> yeah, uh, as well as the amazing Jonathan documentary, mm-hmm. one of our Which favorites. I, pers- that I personally like I that think one. Got yeah. Really overlooked earlier this year. Yeah. I have a question for you because this has happened in the past. One of my favorite documentaries to win was actually a miniseries, OJ Made mm-hmm. in America, yeah. and that took home so a I, big prize. I believe they changed the rules so you no longer can. Uh, be nominated if you're a movie like OJ. So there goes um, the surviving R. Kelly. Mm. Yes, surviving. If that, R. Kelly it, yeah, if that would have even had a chance. 
Um, Hail Satan, I know, made a Hail list Satan recently. Too, yeah. uh, yo, Ask Dr. Ruth, Cold Case, Hammersmith, yes. I Love You Now Die. HBO has a lot yeah. of ones that they're sitting in the back. Scorsese has one out. Love Antosha, which I have not seen yet. Antosha, also yeah. sounds pretty good. If you're going to be honest, Homecoming is technically a documentary. Is it eligible? Right, That's right. Question. I believe it is eligible. So there is, I mean, it's always a good year for documentary. Like, uh, I have not seen Midnight Traveler yet. There's mm-hmm. a lot, there's a couple docs that have Midnight in the title, mm-hmm. including Midnight yeah. Family, which I know you loved. Uh, the there's Apollo. An, there's and, another one and called Apollo uh, 11. There's another one called For Sama, which is like set in the Middle East. Which was nominated at the uh, uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's getting a lot of good hype, too. So we'll see. We shall see. But yeah, mm-hmm. uh, I'm going to say this. The one that I, I, I don't think Luce is going to sneak in there. I would like to see the last, the surprise, Last Black Man in San Francisco. Mm, There's always that that one movie that comes out of nowhere and just surprises you a little bit when it comes (laughs) in terms of nominations. That you're just like, you feel really happy for, even if it's not your favorite movie of the bunch, even though you don't care if it wins, you're just like, y'all got tickets to go to the Oscars, and Mm, that's special. I I would love for it to be that movie. That's the one you're kind of rooting, rooting for? Yeah, like it's not even in, like, it's like my top 14, but you know, I love the way it was shot. And just the whole cast and crew around it, it would mm-hmm. be really dope for them to just get something, you yeah, know? Because we were saying, yeah, a, a yeah. lot of the other ones, I don't, if they I get a nomination, it. I really do feel like they'll be here another year or something else. Um, or that they had a really good campaign. The Last Black Man in San Francisco is one of those where I feel like they've, it's just been a bare bones campaign. Mm-hmm. And like, they've earned it. They've earned it. Totally, totally. Fernando, do you have any uh, movies you're gunning for as we get closer and closer to the Oscar? Honestly, Last Black Man too, because that's uh, in my top ten currently, um, and I know it's like super indie, like not it's not going to get very, that very, very, big of a push from A24, especially when they have so many other movies competing. Um, A24 push? What? Never what? heard of such a thing. <laughs> uh, so they probably won't prioritize that. But other than that, maybe like a Honey Boy, because I'd love to see Shia just get something. That'd yeah. be cool. Uh, we've mentioned Waves. I'd love to see that not be forgotten about. Mm-hmm. We've mentioned The Farewell. I, I love The Farewell and I think it deserves a couple of uh, those types of awards. And, you know, I love my guy Adam Sandler, so it'd be great if he gets an Oscar nomination as well. But, uh, yeah, I do think if it'd be great to see Midnight Family get some uh, love in some of the documentary categories because I, I think it is a really powerful and well-made film mm-hmm. that's uh, not really getting a lot of press right now. So either either Midnight Family or Honeyland for Best Documentary, I'd be really happy to say. Agreed. All right, so that's our award season update. We'll uh, stay with you through Oscars and check back for more of our updates as we get closer to all those awards. We're going to head into our final segment, The New to See, where we give you our picks for the week. Art, what should the people out there watch? This is, on record, the most recommendations I've given for a pick of the week. But I'm going to keep it simple to start with. If you leave the house, go see Knives Out. That's I it. I still need to. <sighs> Even if you see Parasite in theaters, like so you've seen it, you've seen it, then go see Knives Out. <laughs> but if you're at home and you got HBO, there's Watchmen. If you're at home and you have Netflix, oh my goodness, Irishman. You can watch all four episodes right now streaming on Netflix. <laughs> all four. Dude, there is a movie no called... Missions. There's a mo- movie called I Lost My Body on oh, Netflix. It won. Con- okay, tell me it, about it. Con cans, I've been told. Yo, I got corrected saying cons, and someone said it's cans. Then I said cans, and someone said, you idiot, it's cons. And I was yeah. like, I cannot with this anymore. So I Lost Pretty My sure Body is a story of a... Dude, I'm, 
And then I, I probably say it weird too anyway. Uh, so the film festival in France <laughs> uh, awarded this movie is an animated film. Uh, I, I can't remember what language it's in, but it's pretty. It's on Netflix. It's a hand, and it goes missing, and it's almost a Slumdog Millionaire type flashback story mm-hmm. as it gets. It's trying to find its body. I lost my body. Fantastic documentary. It just really puts you like like when you hear the director talk about how he wanted to direct from the point of view of a hand. <laughs> he wasn't kidding. He was not kidding. Um, another one on Netflix as well. I don't I don't know how they did it. I don't know how they did it. The movies that made us. These is I want to say it's the same group of people who made the toys that made us. Also yes, on Netflix. Oh. Uh, just watch the Home Alone one. <laughs> Bro, I was watching this. I was like, why do I like this so much? It literally feels like our Let Me Explain videos with a budget. Mm. And they're able to get the people in front of them. But here's what I mean. Like, they make fun of the people they get. Like, they just, so-and-so from, what were they in? Uh, and it's like the actors. I was like, how do they get away with this stuff? It is fantastic. Uh, they have, I want to say it's only four episodes. They do it on Dirty Dancing. They do it on Die Hard. They do it on Ghostbusters. And they do it on the first one, which I highly recommend, which is um, Home Alone. Mm-hmm fantastic breakdowns of these movies. It really gets you invested in it. It's hilariously edited, hilariously narrated, but so uh, so much detail mm-hmm. when it comes to making a movie and really by the end of it makes you just see the miracle that is movie making that people tend to forget a lot. It is a miracle to get a movie done and these are some of the biggest movies out there. Uh, those are my recommendations for the week. A lot to watch. You, you ain't even got to leave the house. It's getting cold outside. It is. Yeah. Fernando, what are your picks? Yeah, my pick is also a Netflix movie, so you can stay in. Um, Also was at the Cannes Cannes Film Festival. It's uh, a movie called Atlantics that I'm probably going to watch. No, I I haven't seen it, but I'm going to watch it. (laughs) Okay, Um, yeah. So that's why it's my pick, too. But um, it's pretty sure it's from France. Yes, Um, also one. And it's like... I guess I thought it was like this like drama or like romance movie, but apparently it's like has horror elements too. So I was like, whoa, wait, what? okay, oh, whoa. I think I don't know, um, but but yeah, it looks really interesting. Uh, it's getting a lot of good buzz. Has ninety six on Rotten Tomatoes. So um, if you want something foreign, a little bit different, uh, I'm gonna watch it probably this weekend. So that's my pick. Sounds good. Very mm-hmm. cool. Very cool. Uh, I'm gonna go with a couple f- different ones. If you are in New York, LA. I don't know if this is in some other markets, but uh, by the time this episode is out, Portrait of a Lady on Fire will be out, and I believe that's in uh, Arts Holy Trinity over there. is one of the best cool. movies of the year. I'm not as high on it as Art is, but it is a gorgeously filmed and uh, really immaculately told story of these two women who find... Uh, a likeness in each other and a time when they're not fully allowed to be who they want to be. And, uh, you know, I think there's comparisons made to some other, other films that are uh, maybe seemingly similar, but I just think there's, there's an intimacy and a specificity to Celine Siakam's movie or Siama rather movie that is so, so uh, entrancing uh, that I love that there's just some images and some scenes that are burned in your mind. And uh, Art and I have talked about how there are three endings to this movie and all of them hit real, real hard. Mm-hmm. Uh, so let us know what your favorite ending is. Mine is the second one. I think Art's was the first one. First one, easily. Someone, we uh, have, we'll have a discussion for later. But do you have another recommendation? Yeah. 
I do. I, I will say that uh, we have a Let Us Explain where we talk about uh, Portrait of a Lady in Fire in more detail, so make sure you check that out on the Intercut channel if you haven't already. Uh, another recommendation I have, a simpler recommendation for Netflix if you haven't caught up on The Irishman, as Art suggested. Uh, there's a new stand-up special from Seth Meyers that I kind of liked called uh, Lobby Baby. Is it good? Yeah, it's really good. I mean, I think Seth Meyers, through... His years now on Late Night, and he also did years on SNL, has developed a real ease and uh, relaxed kind of wry approach to his stand-up. There's a little bit of a, a disconnected, like, looking at it from a distance way that he approaches his bits. But uh, I find him mostly just a very charming guy, and uh, the, the way that he... Uh, his bits are just very easy. Uh, it's not... It's easy listening, you know, it's not necessarily challenging. Yeah. Uh, I'm also a fan of whenever people find interesting ways to use the Netflix technology, and about halfway through, there's a skip politics option. That was him, right? S- yeah, where you can just skip over all of the Trump jokes. Uh, so good. I, I suggest clicking it even if you're not going to ultimately skip over that bit because they made a funny It does bit something, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay, okay. That's good. Uh, but it's a good special. It's one of my favorite stand-up specials so far this year. Um, so, yeah, I, I'd recommend that. I'd recommend The Irishman, and I'd recommend Portrait of a Lady on fire. Didn't you go to the Par- Paris? Yes, uh, I did go to the Paris Theater, what, and what I did- caught... A certain little Netflix movie called Marriage Story there. See, here's the thing about Marriage Story. Is that it's it's broken the Trinity. <laughs> Uh-oh. Uh-oh. It's broken the Trinity and it has made... I don't even have the other one for the... Oh, right here. After further review, Zach, it has come to my attention <laughs> that it is in fact... Yeah, I don't even know where to put this. What's the thing from? Here you go. It's a little diamond. Marriage Story <laughs> is in fact... One of the best movies. Ooh. Got the shout out to Andres. Hey, yeah. I got mine too. It's he's got this one. You like that one, right? You see how it's like it's mm-hmm. him and he's looking at her? Zach. It's pretty. Tell me to flip it. Flip it. Let's see it. Now it's her. Ooh. Oh. And the shadow baby. of him. Which side In the shadow her? of him. Um, team Scarlet, Team <laughs> like this. I'm going to go with that. <laughs> Uh, easily, without a doubt, let me fix up portrait right here. I I couldn't believe it at first. And again, you know this is fair because I didn't do this right after. I waited. Yeah, no, a you bit. sat on it. I I give. I don't. I'm a man of my word. I made sure I sat on it before I just start. You know, what am I supposed to have? Oh, your trapezoid? <laughs> like, no. What about an octagon? No. I, I make sure that it's worth it. I sat on parasite. It was just that. Then I saw these two. I sat a week with uncut. I sat two weeks with this movie. This is it right here. Just wait for 1917. I've seen 1917. I've seen 1917. So this is almost... Hey, unless Cats does something crazy. (laughs) Boys, this is it right here. This is it. Watch Marriage Story. Story, I did get a chance to see it again. And that is a really, really immaculately written movie and acted movie. Just like all the little details they put in it. The Uh, the way that just an offhanded comment comes back to mm -hmm. bite them. It's so well done and yes. it's so pitch perfect. Uh, I just the it shows how you don't necessarily have to pick sides and you kind of yep. end up creating them anyway too. I don't mm-hmm. know. I, I love it's that great. movie. Uh, the way that it builds a family by kind of tearing it apart. Yes, you know, it's it's insane. It's, um, I take it it was a great experience at the Paris Theater. 
Yeah, I mean, you know, beautiful theater, uh, heart of New York. It's just fun to be in the center of the city. And, uh, you know, it, it's got a, this gorgeous interior and it's a great way to see a movie. So right if there. you are in New York, yeah. Netflix now owns it. So uh, we'll be seeing some other movies. But I don't know if you'll get much better than seeing Bro, Marriage Bro, first and foremost, talk, I know we didn't get to mention it in the thing, but I'll have these two things. Uh, one, shout out to Anthony who had mentioned... Um, I had just met him at a, the screening for 1917 and he was talking yeah, about Marriage yeah. Story. He had seen our Let Us Explain and he said he was so hyped for it after seeing us talk about it. So definitely capture it if you can. Uh, capture it. Catch it. Capture it. Capture the experience. <laughs> yeah. um, the Paris Theater being the Netflix theater. Man, you and I have been covering since Can Can, Con Can, whatever, had said no Netflix movies. You and I went to TIFF. We tried seeing Netflix movies. The theater said no. You got to walk that way to see the movies that the festival is hosting, but the theater doesn't want to play. All these different things about Netflix not being cinema. Netflix literally saved a cinema. Right. We talked about it. Paris Theater was the last single screen movie theater in New York City. Wow. It's an institution. Uh, I don't know if you saw the tweets from Netflix that Jordan Hoffman co-authored, but uh, you know the Paris Theater is like an institution. It's been there since I think 1948. Netflix said, "We and, got you." Yeah, Netflix uh, rescuing from, it from the from dead. From now on, all Netflix originals. They said. Meanwhile, yeah. look, as I, I mean, you know, Netflix's place in the. Uh, livelihood of the movie theater industry is obviously debatable but i find it funny the way that some people some people are straining to have a negative view on Netflix of all things yeah this is not the one to have it what you should be having it is the south korean civic group that has filed against the walt disney company because frozen 2 has violated the antitrust act by putting 88 percent of their domestic movie screens to be forced to play Frozen. Something we had talked about on this own podcast later on, even made the joke, one day Disney's going to get a movie theater. We were told, you idiots, movie theater companies can have their own movie theaters. Mm -hmm. That law is shifting as we speak. Yeah, these companies, I guess, always are going to find some ways around it. I'm curious to see what the future is. So with Uh, that, the intercut will be held on Broadway. (laughs) (laughs) See, catch it, that's Blasco. Yeah. Right after your uh, story. Yeah, I don't know if uh, we have any other picks, nah. from, but I think that's about it. That's jam-packed episode all for today. this week's show. Jam-packed show, bouncing all over the place. Uh, you can catch more from me, Zach Shevich, by following me on Twitter, Instagram, or Letterboxd, at ZShevich. Also, check out my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash multiplex show. Fernando, where can people catch more from you? You guys can catch me on Twitter at my handle, which is at BorderLogic. And also writing uh, for the ATZ website. That's www.theatzshow.com. And maybe, maybe I might just go to the Paris Theater if they decide to hold a Noah Centennial Marathon of Netflix originals. Uh, which I think that I'm. It's a good one. That would be my business, my it's business proposition one. to them. Yeah. All right, all right. <laughs> good, good call there, Fernando. Art, where can people catch more from you? At the Paris Theater, watching the Noah Centennial. <laughs> And also at the A to Z show where you'll be hearing my thoughts on that marathon. Uh, Let me explain all on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And every week here on the Intercut Podcast.
Yes, you can catch every episode of the Intercut Podcast on iTunes, on SoundCloud, on Spotify, on your favorite podcatcher, I Like Overcast. And then make sure you're subscribed not just to the audio podcast, but to the video feed as well on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash intercutpod, where you can catch our bright, smiling faces as we break down the latest in entertainment. Find new episodes of Intercut every Friday. And please leave us a comment, like the video, consider heading over to iTunes to leave us a five-star, five-star review, like our Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter pages. All of them are at intercutpod to get updates throughout the week from art, from Fernando, from me, from all of our guests here on Intercut. Thanks again for tuning in, and until next time, honey, we have a big fucking problem.